What is up, guys? Welcome to episode two of the Pass and Catch podcast. Today, hopping right into it. Jackson, take it away. Got some college football. Um, we're going to start off with Ohio State versus uh, Iowa. And I'm not going to lie. You know, I was, I was keeping up with that game for a little bit because it was kind of close in the first half. Iowa had, Iowa had us in the first half, so I'm not going to lie. And then that's because also C.J. Stroud didn't throw his first passing touchdown to the second half. But he finished with four on the day. Um, looked really good. You know, continued to build that Heisman resume for sure. Um, Ultimately, though, Ohio State just dominates. Yeah. 54-10. It wasn't. wasn't too much to talk about in that one. Not really, no. Well, moving on to the next game, we had a doozy here between Tennessee and UT Martin. Tennessee just dominant from the beginning. Just yeah. absolutely on fire. Hendon Hooker keeping his Heisman campaign going. Jalen Hyatt kind of in the mix there. Just he is. Two touchdowns in the day. 174 yards. That's kind of crazy. Jalen Hyatt having a great season. He is, he is. I mean, 52 points in the first half for the Vols. That's, that's pretty dominant. That is pretty dominant. Moving on to the next game, we got Syracuse versus uh, Clemson. And I'm not going to lie, Clemson did not look good at all in this game. Um, specifically, DJ uh, Ugalei, maybe how you pronounce it, right? He did not look good at all. Um, 13 for 21, 138 yards, two picks, 16 QBR. Ends up getting pulled for the true freshman. And true freshman came out, and you could just tell he was very nervous. Um, you know, he's kind of like rushing things that didn't need to be rushed. You know, wasn't very patient in the pocket. But still found a way to uh, crawl back in the fourth quarter, scoring 17 unanswered points in the fourth. Uh, it was all Clemson's defense. Syracuse did not true. take advantage. They had a pick six, I believe, towards the end. Either a pick six or a fumble six in their own half that just kind of fell them apart. I mean, Syracuse probably should have won that game. I mean, they looked like the better team for most of it. Just towards yeah, the end, they just could not get in the end zone. Too many turnovers and mistakes. They forced four total turnovers in that game and still couldn't win. Mm, that's That's pretty bad. It was. It was. Um, Will Shipley had a very good game for Clemson as he's had all season. You know, he's kind of like their main guy. It seems like on offense, 27 carries, 172 yards, and two touchdowns. He did have that fumble, which end up, which would end up not being as costly as I thought it was going to be. But yeah, Clemson, in my opinion, um, looking a little rough there at five, looking a little rocky. Yeah, not not their best game, but still better than most years they've had. True. Moving on to next one, we got Cincinnati versus SMU. Very close game. Mm-hmm. Cincinnati, I feel like should have played a lot better than they did, but yeah. Um, let's see. Cincinnati, I mean, killed him on the ground. Um, not as much in the passing game, but it looks like SMU had two fumbles, and that ended up causing the game, I'm sure, for them right there. Um, they also have a pick, so, you know, Cincinnati's defense was able to come up and stop them, I guess. Went uh, the turnover, SMU, though. They did. They did. That seems to be a common occurrence, and usually he wins the game except for that. Clemson game, but SMU did have 13 points in that fourth quarter. You know, trying to make a little comeback there, but just couldn't pull it out in the end. Next up, we got Ole Miss versus LSU. LSU was favored by 
three and a half in this one, and you know they beat them by a lot more than three and a half. I don't know what happened to Ole Miss, but they started off hot and then just fell apart. They couldn't do anything in the second half. Could not, could not. 28 unanswered points in the second half. And Jaden Daniels looked very, very good, in my opinion, that game. Um, Probably his best he, game of the season. Definitely. Uh, says here he was 21 for 28, 248 yards and two touchdowns while having 23 carries on the ground. 121 yards. Five total touchdowns from the quarterback there. That's very solid. That is a definition of putting your team on your back right there. <laughs> a little hard carry. Just a little bit. Um, yeah. I mean. Dart, old, 19 for 34, 283 yards, and a pick. Just not a great game. Mm-mm, not at all. Mm-mm. Heath you know did have a pretty good game, though. Eight catches for 145 yards. He did. I was definitely looking for Jonathan Mingo to have a bigger game than just four receptions. You know, he's been a very good wideout all year. Um, didn't do much this game, but, yeah, LSU just kind of dominated in that game. In the second half, there really was no answer for their offense with Jaden Daniels kind of going off as he did. On to the next game now. Uh Another SEC game, Alabama versus Mississippi State. Alabama just, you know, uh, very dominant in this game all throughout. It was really never close. Um, Will Rogers threw 60 passes, only completing 30 of them. 50%, baby. Yeah, that's a little rough. Only 62 yards rushing yeah there's not much you can do against that Alabama front seven they're very very good uh Bryce Young looking like Bryce Young 24 35 249 with two tutties yep yep Jamar Gibbs did not have a good game though only 37 yards rushing yes being one of the best backs in all of college football the last three weeks you know was held to only 37 yards against a Mississippi State team that couldn't really do much else besides hold. Yeah, not a... Holden Gibbs at 37. Not great there, but... Nonetheless, kinda, they still come out with a dominant win. They did. And it was kind of even throughout the board on the receiving. A lot of guys got touches. Jameer Gibbs led the team... With four receptions, if that says anything. Well, to the next one, we got a great matchup of UCLA versus Oregon. Mm-hmm. Oregon ultimately able to come out on top of that one. It was a really close game for the most part. I mean, Bo Nix just kind of going crazy that game. Five touchdown passes. Um you know, on 22 for 28. Uh, they also ran the ball for 262 yards, which uh, seems like they had a very steady balance of offense going for them. Not much the UCLA defense could really do against them. UCLA offense itself was pretty solid. They 27 were. for 39 passing with two tutties. A little costly interception, but got it going on the run game as well with 186 yards. And then a big fumble loss as well. Yeah. But Bo Nix definitely, you know, that was definitely a comeback game for him. After a little bit of a rocky start, kind of solidified himself, you know, as to why he belongs as a starting quarterback at Oregon. Shout out real quick to Osling for UCLA. 17 tackles. 17 tackles. Pretty solid game. Very solid game. Moving in to the next one, we got Oklahoma State and Texas. Oklahoma State takes a narrow win. Texas, I don't know, man. They had they had the lead most of the game, and 
the second half, they just could not score. Although the rankings might say Texas is 20 and Oklahoma's 11, I had Texas in this one. And, you know, some people might call it an upset almost because, you know, Texas was looking good with you as a quarterback. They just had those, you know, kind of costly losses. I don't want to be the one to say it, but I kind of jinxed it. I said Quinn Ewers was one of the best quarterbacks and when healthy was a Heisman candidate. And then he proceeds to go out 19 for 49. To be fair, though, he did have 319 yards and only 19 completions. But that's still really bad with three picks. Yeah, those three picks hurt. Um, On the other side of the ball, Spencer Sanders, almost 400 yards passing, 34 for 57, two touchdowns and an interception. Um, Dominic Richardson for Oklahoma State, three rushing touchdowns, all very short yardage goal line situations, but nonetheless, three rushing touchdowns is still very, very good. Um, yeah, those picks just for Texas and Quinn Ewers just really, really hurt them down the stretch. Um, there wasn't much, you know, they could do. There. Texas was driving down the field late in the game, and um, Jason Taylor for Oklahoma State defense comes up with a huge pick and kind of seals the game there. Closes it out for Oklahoma State. That one. Big win for Oklahoma State, too. I'll probably move up in the top ten, I'm assuming. Yeah, the rankings are going to be real interesting this week. UCLA, Ole Miss losing. Mm-hmm. Bringing in Oregon and Oak State. And Cincinnati with a close loss, as well as Clemson with a very close win. Um, Cincinnati won. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. Close win. I guess an unrated SMU team. Rounding out the last game of the week, we have Kansas State and TCU. TCU able to squeeze out a win, 38-28. And it was not looking good for TCU in that first half. I'll it, tell you that much. It really wasn't. I really thought that game was over in the first half. Mm-hmm. Didn't have a lot of hope there, but they were to come back. Twenty-one on answer in the second half, and uh, defense you know. was just locked down in the second half. Keandre Miller continues to be, you know, one of the best backs in, the, in college football. Twenty-nine carries, 153 yards, two tutties. A very solid rushing performance from him, as you usually get. Will Howard, 13 for 20 for 225 yards and two tutties. Did have a pick as well as a backup quarterback through a pick. Not not great for K-State. He had one pass attempt, too, and the pick. And he I remember we were watching the quarterback uh, got his helmet came off, so it, they had to That's put right. the backup in for one play. <laughs> and most coaches would run the ball to – and just put the quarterback back in. But, no, they decided they were going to try to pass it. He threw a pick. Yeah. Rough game for the Kansas State Wildcats right there. It's not a lot going right for them there. Not in the second half at all. Uh, Moving into our predictions for the week. Um, We got a great matchup here. Ohio State versus Penn State. Mm-hmm. Ohio State's biggest challenge of the year so far, I'd say. Um, I definitely have Ohio State coming out on top on this one. Um, Penn State, you know, just not a team they've been in the past. Um, and Ohio State is just, you know, looking to keep solidifying themselves the top team in college football and I think they do that again here. I think they take down Penn State when they are opening up as a 15 and a half point favorite. So I'm calling it upset. I'm going ninny lines, baby. Upset, upset, upset. Penn, Penn State's only loss this year was a brutal one to Michigan but I think they learned from their loss to Michigan. I don't think Ohio State's looking as good this year as they have in past years. I think they come out on top. Yeah. 
I mean, I got Ohio State, but hey, you never know. James Frank, James Franklin, a very good coach. You know, you never know what could happen with that Penn State team. Just have to wait and see. Hopping right on into the next game, we have TCU versus West Virginia. TCU favored by seven and a half in this one. I got TCU. Keontae okay. Miller is going to, you know, dominate, I think. I think it's just an easy win for TCU. And I, I don't really think there's much to debate there. I agree. I agree. Next up, we have Notre Dame versus Syracuse. I think Syracuse pulling this one out. Um, you know, they're, I have a feeling they're going to be very hungry for a win after, you know, that terrible loss to Clemson. It wasn't terrible, but, you know, that heartbreaking loss to Clemson. Um, they're going to be coming out. They're going to be guns blazing here. I think Syracuse pulls it out. I do think Notre Dame makes it closer than people think. Syracuse is only favored by two and a half, so I, I'll agree with that. I think it, it's a close one. Mm -hmm. But Syracuse ultimately pull it out. Going into the SEC matchup here, we have Florida versus Georgia. Florida versus Georgia. Georgia. Georgia's taking this one um, home. You know, uh, I think it, it is at Georgia. They open up as a 22-point favorite. Um, you know, the only thing Florida's really got going for them right now is their offense, and Georgia just has – a defense that just seems like they can't be touched, honestly, at this point. So, I got Georgia going away with this one pretty early, in my opinion. Georgia, number, ranked number one in the country for a reason. That's right. Florida, unranked for a reason. Mm -hmm. I think it's just a clear-cut Bulldog win. Agreed. I don't know if I would go with the 22-and-a-half. I'm feeling closer to like a 17-ish, 20-point. Georgia mm -hmm. has looked vulnerable at times. Yeah. But offensively, at least, their offense is not the highest-scoring offense. They rely a lot on their defense. So I don't know if I would take 22 points, but I do think they win. Next up, we got Oregon versus California. Not really much there. I think Oregon, you know, they're coming off of a big win. They are. I think they just pull through easy. Bo Nick has another big game, in my opinion. Um, yeah, I think Oregon takes this one with ease. Next up is Oklahoma State versus Kansas State. Interesting twist in this one. Kansas State is favored by one and a half points. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna go with Oklahoma State in this one. Uh, as they, uh, although they are the, you know, underdogs, I guess. Um, I think Oklahoma State looked really well. I looked really good in that Texas game. I think they're gonna continue to look that way. I think Spencer Sanders just keeps it rolling. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Keeps them going. Kansas State coming off of a tough loss last week. Just they are. I don't think they're gonna do it. Feeling good about Oklahoma State in this one. Agreed. We're not in the SEC or the sorry not SEC ACC. Wake Forest Louisville. Um, I think Wake Forest takes this game. You know, uh, Louisville hasn't looked super strong and super um you know complete as a team this year i think way forest as a four-point favorite takes this game just not louisville's year no, and just not, not a great team i'm not feeling good about it i think wake forest comes out with a pretty clear dub they're looking pretty good this year up to number 10 pretty pretty high rank for them it is it is pretty high rank Next, we got Illinois, Nebraska. Nebraska not having a great year. Pretty down year for them. Illinois should win this one with relative ease. I agree with that statement right there. 17th ranked Illinois, 7.5 point favorite. I think they take this one. 
Not too many great games on this week, honestly. But it really isn't. South Carolina, Missouri. I'm gonna go with an upset here. I'm gonna go Missouri. I'm gonna say South Carolina wins, but I do think Missouri makes it a close game. Because you do know me, I hate Spencer Rattler. I don't hate him. He's just not good at all. He's terrible. And matter of fact, I think he got pulled last game. So I think you know. Five and two record of South Carolina does not reflect who they really are as a team, and I think Missouri gives them a run for their money and takes this game. Missouri can't finish games. They had Georgia beat. They didn't win it. I think it just shows that South Carolina is going to come through in the end. Just my opinion. Mm-hmm. On next, we got USC versus Arizona. Uh, Arizona, three and four record, not not really having a great year. Another yeah. game where I think USC just has a pretty clear cut win. I agree with that. I agree with that. You know, I think uh, USC, you know, coming off a loss off Utah um, last week, 43-42. I think they're gonna be. You know, wanting a big win this game. Caleb Williams, Heisman candidate. Um, I think he comes up big in this game and they take the win. Interesting point out. Uh, USC is also ranked number 10th in the country. There was a tie for 10th place voting, so there's no number 11. Wake Forest and USC are both 10, and then it goes straight to 12, which is UCLA. You see that every day. That's, that's a do not see that unique week here. Mm-hmm. But moving on to the next, we've got a big in-state rivalry with Michigan State, Michigan. But there's not much to talk about here. Michigan having a very solid season. Michigan State, nowhere close. I think Michigan just they wipe them, wipe dominates, the just yeah, wipes State the floor. Michigan State has not looked good at all. No. Um, Michigan you know, I think they're preparing for that one big game at the very end that everybody's waiting for. Cade McNamara, man, he's staying hot. That's what I'm saying. Moving on to another SEC game. Ole Miss versus Texas A&M. I got Ole Miss in this one. I think they come out. Um, Lane Kiffin just does not, you know, he's not happy with that with that loss last week. It was very, it was very embarrassing on their own, you know, field in their home court, and you know, it was just, it was a rough loss. I think Lane Kipson gets them back in shape and they take this one. It'll be a close game. It will be a close game, but I think Ole Miss wins it. Ole Miss favored by one and a half. I gotta say, go Aggies, Texas A&M baby, at Texas A&M. Difficult place to play at. It is. No, they played it. They played Bama close for a little bit and then fell apart. Mm-hmm. But I think Texas A&M has a chance in this one. I'm going to go with them. I'm feeling confident. Next up, Pittsburgh, North Carolina. Pitt, just not the same without Kenny Pickett. Really just struggling. And North Carolina, pretty solid year. Not the best year, but... Still solid. I think North, North Carolina, Carolina has looked solid this year. I definitely have North Carolina in this game as well. I like North Carolina this year. North Carolina's defense, not the best. Do have very good offense, though. They do have very good offense. So, I'm picking North Carolina with that one. Yep. I think the three-point favorite is a little low, personally. I think they'll win easily by more than three. So Next is Stanford UCLA mm-hmm. I have UCLA in this game um, they opened up as a 16 and a half point favorite you know I think they come out and they kind of dominate this game Stanford is 1-4 and four in the Pac-12 not good against their conference and I think they continue to be that way against this game or against UCLA this game so Stanford, another team just struggling big time. Very big struggle. I think UCLA comes up with a pretty easy dub. 
last game of the week. Probably the best game of the week as well. We have Tennessee versus Kentucky. Tennessee, arguably the best team in the country, opening up as a 12-point favorite. And I got to say, Hendon Hooker, Heisman Trophy candidate. My opinion, Heisman Trophy winner at the moment. I think he just keeps leading the Vols onto another big game. Feel good about Tennessee over Kentucky. Me too. I agree with that statement. Uh, just happened today. Uh, this one of the big key guys in the in the secondary for the Vols. Uh, one of their safeties was actually what was he like? What was it that he was being charged with? Was it like aggravated assault or something like that? But it was, it was all cleared and he'll be out there playing. Um, you know the sa- the secondary for Tennessee definitely needs to be cleaned up, but I think they take this game as well against Kentucky and the first round quarterback they got. But I like Tennessee in this game. And of course, Heisman candidate Hayden Hooker. Well, that just about wraps up college football. Now we are going to take a quick break. Coming back from break, we are moving in to NFL for the week. Mm-hmm. Talking about last week's games. Had some pretty close games throughout the week. Commanders versus close Packers close. game to start with. Really a solid game. Commanders come out with a, I'd say, it's a pretty big upset. 23-21 victory. Aaron Rodgers just continues his struggling for the season. That's their third loss in a row for the Packers. Um, you know, after starting 3-1, and one, are now 3-4. and four. Um, That's looking rough over there for Aaron Rodgers. Just didn't really get anything going. 33, uh, 38 yards on the ground, only 194 passing yards. Just not much. I mean, Aaron Rodgers just lost to – Freaking Heineke, bro. Taylor Heineke. Taylor damn Heineke. Heineke season, baby. I called it before the game started. You know, Terry McLaurin came out clutch in that fourth quarter with some big catches to kind of seal the game. Aaron Rodgers, I saw a stat. He has not had that 300-yard passing game in 14 games on a rough streak right now. Um, speaking of old quarterbacks on a rough streak, Tampa Bay versus the Panthers. That was just awful. That, that is just something you do not want to see if you are a Tampa Bay fan. Lose 21-3 to here after Tampa – or not Tampa Bay, sorry. After Carolina gives up, not even arguably, their best player, Christian McCaffrey um, and Robbie Anderson. They gave up both those players in that same week and still would come out here or still would come out and uh, upset the Buccaneers 21-3. to Tom Brady, zero passing touchdowns. Um, Really hate to see that. You know, there could, he could have had one, but Mike Evans did drop a, like, 70-yard touchdown ball that was perfectly placed. You know what's right worse? He lost to P.J. Walker starting at quarterback. Yes. P.J. Yes. Walker, only 177 pass yards. A former XFL. Carolina God. did do really well on the ground with 173 yards. They did. Mostly prope- propelling their offense. Mm-hmm. Says here, Tom Brady has not been in this position under 500 in t- nearly two decades. Sheesh. Which is crazy to think about. We weren't even born when Tom Brady was under 500. <laughs> that is crazy. So another talk of old quarterbacks, Matt Ryan. Oh my goodness. Titans ultimately come out with a pretty solid 19 to 10 victory, but Matt Ryan, two picks, 33 for 44. Yeah. He's hurt, and he was already been replaced. Rookie quarterback coming in. Yep. Sam Ellinger. I don't know how I feel about that. I feel like Nick Foles deserves a chance here. I agree. I think Ellinger needs some more time to develop. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Especially with this AFC South being 
wide open, you know. I mean, I wouldn't call it wide it's open. It's still very close right it now. It is still very close. Although the Colts have lost, um, not lost, but they've lost both games to the leaders so far. The Titans, you know, they've lost both their games to the Titans. Um, that is very rough for them. But, you know, when you still have a chance like that, when you're only three and three, and the first place is only four and two, you really gotta, you know, roll your dice with the backup quarterback you paid six million for. And who also won a Super Bowl, I think you put him out there and see what you guys can do. But, yeah, Titans, you know, very gritty team this year. They've looked very, very gritty, you know. Derek Kearney has continued to have a monster last couple games. 30 carries, 128 yards. Um, he got it down on the ground for sure. That kind of propelled them to the win there. Titans looking a lot better lately. Bouncing back, had a few rough games, especially close game against the Giants, tough loss, yeah. and then a blowout loss to the Bills, but Bills arguably the best team in the NFL at the moment. Yes, they're on a nice little four-game win streak. Uh, moving up next, we got uh, Falcons versus Bengals. A game, you know, but I kind of expected to be like this. Uh Bengals, you know, kind of just ran away with it. Joe Burrow looking like he's Joe Burrow and how he should. And Tyler Boyd and Jamar Chase both had crazy games. Um, although unfortunate news about Jamar Chase, you know, having that hip injury could be sidelined for up to six weeks. Hate to see that for uh, not only the fantasy owners, but, you know, the Bengals themselves. He's been like their guy the last two years, so. Nearly we'll 500 see. passing yards for Joe Burrow. Yes, 481. Mm-hmm. I just have a question about the Falcons. Like, who is calling the plays for the Falcons? Because, like, Marcus Mariota is 8 for 13 here, which is not bad by any means. Zero picks. Why are they not throwing the ball? Like, he constantly – I don't think he's thrown more than 20 passes in a single game this season. I'm trying to see their time of possession here because they didn't have hardly any, like, offensive plays. They only ran the ball 29 times and threw the ball 13, which is hardly nothing at all. I mean, that is just – that explains the 17 points right there in my opinion. That explains the 17 points. Let's see if we can pull it up here. Um, time of possession. It really wasn't much different. 26 minutes for the Falcons, 33 for the Bengals. Um, what are they doing in that time frame, dog? I don't know. Only 45 plays called. That is crazy to me. Both had nine. Yeah, I don't know. Man, whoever's up there just needs to get fired something. Because they could definitely be a lot better of a team, you know. Marcus Mariota's last two games, he is 21 for 27 passing. That should be one game for him. He has one game of more than 20 passes this season. Yeah. Bengals looking back in good shape. Um, Falcons, you know, just struggling. Seems to be per usual for them. Uh, Next up, we get the Giants versus the Jaguars. Daniel Jones, not his best game. 19 for 30, 200 yards, one touchdown. Saquon, though, being the machine that he is, 24 carries for 110 yards. Daniel Jones, though, did have 107 rushing yards, so getting it done on the ground to make up for his lack of passing. I will say the Giants' defense came up big in that game, stopping them on the one-yard line. In that fourth quarter, um, you know, they were really able to seal that. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, average game. It was an average game. 22 for 43, 310 yards. Hasn't really shown great uh, flashes since the beginning of the season. He's kind of slowed down a little bit. Um, Travis Etienne, big game for him. I think he'll continue to have big games throughout the rest of the year after James Robinson has been traded to the Jets. Um Unfortunate for the uh, Jets, though, losing uh, Brees Hall. But 
what's it called, Travis Etienne, I think he'll continue to to do good. Same with Christian Kirk. You know, he kind of came on that game seven touches, 96 yards. I don't know about Christian Kirk. Christian Kirk, a lot of receptions early on in the season, and then last three weeks didn't get targeted at all. Finally got targeted this week. It's really inconsistent. I feel like he's a key to their offense. He needs to be utilized a lot more than he is. But And he did get paid a lot of money for hardly anything or any production, what it seems like right here. So next game we have Baltimore versus Cleveland. The Ravens take a twenty three to twenty win. Honestly, the the Ravens should have won by a lot more. I I don't know. I disagree. I think the Browns should have won this game. Uh, Lamar Jackson looked terrible. He did not look good at all. Jacoby Brissett was by far the better quarterback. Um, Nick Chubb had a good game. Uh, Lamar Jackson, the last two games, in my opinion, has just not looked like himself at all. Um, nine for 16, passing 120 yards. You know, just not a great game. Only 160 yards on the ground. Um, they really just did not. The Ravens, it was just a really, like, kind of bad game for the Ravens all in all, but they were still able to pull out the W. Um, Lamar Jackson has nobody to pass to, dude. All of his receivers are gone. They're gone or they're injured. Like, I'm, uh, Devon, no, Rashad Bateman was playing through injury that game. Um, I know that. But Devin Duvernay is just not enough. No, he's not. He is not. Um Especially when Mark Andrews has zero receptions for two targets. Like, when you got a guy that's probably one of the best tight ends in the league, and it was uh, National Tight End Day that day. Had zero receptions. You'd hate to see that. One of the best tight ends in the league. Couldn't get done. But on the other side of the ball, um, for the Browns, Jacoby Brissett looked pretty solid, honestly. 22 for 27, 250 yards. Didn't throw a touchdown or a pick. You know, kept it clean. But... Couldn't find the end zone. Uh, Nick Chubb, you know, kind of doing his thing. Doing his thing, as he always does. Um, Mari Cooper getting the job done. He did. He did, indeed. Something to point out here, David Njoku getting a lot of targets. Seven receptions on seven targets. Very good there for him. And 71 yards. It does seem here that the Cleveland Browns will have three fumbles. Which, uh, once again, like we said, turnover battle, man. Really decides the game majority of the time. Next, we got the Chiefs versus 49ers. Really surprised about this one. The Chiefs just dominated. I really expected the 49ers to have a little bit of life, but Jimmy G just... It's not doing it today. 25 for 37, two touchdowns and a pick. Just not a great game for him. Only 100 rushing yards. Of course, that's going to change. McCaffrey didn't get a lot of touches, but he did show flashes. 38 yards on eight attempts. Not too bad. Um, George Kittle on national tight ends there. Six receptions for almost 100 yards and a tutty. Both tight ends played very well um, for both teams. I will say, though, Christian McCaffrey, I think, looked very, very good for them, for the 49ers, you know. I think he'll uh, continue to be uh, as good as he was for the Panthers. If not better. Team. If not better, exactly. They have, you know, Kyle Shanahan, his offensive, you know, mind and, like, his plays that he can call are just sometimes, you know, like with the weapons he has are going to be unguardable to some extent. Um, something you just can't really game plan around because you got so many weapons. Um, and then for the Chiefs, you know, Patty Mahomes doing Patty Mahomes things. Getting the job done, 400 pass yards, three tutties. Did have a pick, but not really. Anything to worry about there. Just got the job done. Moving on to our last game of the week. 
We have the Steelers and the Dolphins. Dolphins, Tua kind of just surprised me. Tua did not look the same. I mean, he is coming back from injury, so a lot to take in there. But 21 for 35, 261 for one tutty. Wasn't his best game. Ultimately, it was enough to get the job done. Rushing-wise, they weren't able to get much going. Only 111 yards total. Waddle and Hill, both over 70 yards. Pretty solid. They both did their thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Pittsburgh, Kenny Pickett. Just In my opinion, Pittsburgh should have won this game. Um, Kenny Pickett had two very costly turnovers, two picks. In the final minutes of the game, three picks and total. Yes, he had two. Two of them were in the fourth quarter, and they they were both on drives, you know, close to the red zone. I believe one of them was actually a goal line pick, and the other one was just kind of like last minute type of deal. But the Steelers definitely had a chance to win this game, um, although he only had three picks. The Dolphins just not look good. Najee Harris, 17 carries, 65 yards. Um, not the greatest there, but you know, still solid, I guess. Pat Fairmuth had a game, eight receptions, seventy-five yards. Um, and it's a national guy tight end day, man. That's right. That's right. He had a show out. And a guy that I see Kenny Pickett going to a lot that I've noticed is George Pickens. Um, he's been his favorite target for sure, in my opinion. Six receptions, 61 yards for him and a touchdown. The only touchdown they scored. Um, but, you know, I, I feel like if the Steelers had, uh, you know, a quarterback, I guess, that was a little more well-rounded. And I guess the Steelers need to play Kenny Pitt, or not Kenny Pitt, need to play Mitchell Trubisky. Kenny Pickett yeah. is not developed enough. If it hurts can, that T.J. Watt hurt, too. That I mean, does hurt that their man. defense. But if Mitchell Trubisky played, I think they would have won this game. That is, I, I, can, I can see that happening, yes. The Dolphins just didn't look great. Their defense was not as good as they normally are. Made a lot of mistakes. They did end up having three, three interceptions, obviously. But that I think that falls more on Kenny Pickett making some pretty bad decisions. Yes, yeah, like that goal line two. pick was pretty bad. Just shouldn't have thrown the ball. Should have it thrown was. it away. Just stuff that veteran quarterbacks would not make. I mean, I mean, we say that, but then we look at the veteran quarterbacks in the league right now, and they are all doing terrible. Well, there's a difference between veteran quarterbacks and old quarterbacks. That a lot true. of these quarterbacks are just. Really should have retired, to be honest. I mean, Tom Brady retired, then unretired. That's yeah, a whole situation. Uh, Matt Ryan probably should have retired. Um, I mean, he should have just gone somewhere where they have an offensive line first off. He has no time to pass, and he's just getting killed every game. But now we're going to move on to uh, our predictions. game. I got Jaguars. The freaking He's not even playing. <laughs> even worse. Actually, you know what? You know what? I'm changing my mind. I'm saying the Broncos are winning this game because whenever the backup quarterback came in for the Broncos, I don't even know his name. Let's look it up real quick. I don't even know. But the Broncos quarterback, when he came in last week and played he genuinely, although they only did score nine points, he genuinely did do better, in my opinion, than Russell Wilson. Um, I think they're going to win the game. I think without Russell Wilson, they're going to come in and they're going to beat him. Brent Ripon, 
That he's leading to the win, bro. Calling it. I wouldn't call it easy. That Broncos Bronco defense is tough. I got Broncos, baby. Broncos, Broncos country. Let's ride. I got Falcons on this one. Falcons at home. They don't throw the ball enough, but the Panthers don't do the right things enough. So I got the Falcons in this game. Falcons didn't didn't look terrible last week against the um uh, Bengals. They did get blown out, but it was close at halftime. So. I'm going Falcons, baby. Cowboys all the way. That Prescott coming back. Um, this is I, I I would call this his first real test game. Not test game, but like his his first real game back. You know, last one was kind of a little warm up. Um, they played against the Lions. It wasn't anything you know everybody do except for me. I did predict the Lions upsetting them, but that did not happen at all. Uh, but anyways, I think this is his first real game back. You know, 100% healthy. I think they kind of dominate that game. Dolphins obviously in this game. Uh, Lions, you know. Nope. No, no, no. Dolphins, um, I think, come out and just kind of run away with it early. Um, kind of similar to the Cowboys game. Um, I think it's just going to be a blowout. So, I got a lot. I got, sorry. I got Dolphins in this one. Yes, yes. We got, Vikings, in my opinion, top five NFL team. Top five NFL team. They win this game at home. Kirk Cousins continues to be solid. Justin Jefferson continues to be the best receiver in the NFL. Vikings win it. Cardinals. Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hawkins. Did, they did look solid last week. They did. Cardinals upset. Oh, that would be a big one right there, I would say. That would be a big one. Yeah, and I think, you know, the Raiders had a very convincing win last week. I think they continue it, and they Derek beat the Saints. He has. Derek Carr has been pretty consistent most of the season, but, you know, we'll see what happens. He's been a very good quarterback. I agree. Um, I think the Raiders take that one as well. Next game, got the Patriots versus the Jets. This one's a little tough. I think the Jets squeeze out a close win here. Mm-hmm. Even without Brees Hall now, James Robinson, I think, fills that hole. I think they stay on track, stay pretty consistent. Yeah, I don't think it'll be um, – I think it's going to be a similar situation to uh, Christian McCaffrey. You know, a few carries first game, kind of getting used to the offense a little bit. Probably a few more, actually, than Christian McCaffrey because he had a full week of practice. But um, – I think Jets do take this one. 
at home. Uh, continue the little thing they have going on out there, you know. Patriots once again. I think Mac uh, Mac Jones is actually starting this game, so we will see how that goes. You know, there could be another pull of Mac Jones put in Bailey Zappi. We'll see what happens there, but it's just zap. It's just zap, zap, zap. Bailey Zap. There could be another put in the Bailey Zap. We'll have to After see you predicted one. him to lead a win last week, and it didn't go did. very well. It did not. It did not. Um, but yeah, he did I throw for two touchdowns. Mm-hmm. He looked solid in the first half, and then just towards the end, felt kind of fell apart a little bit. Well, coming up next, we got the Eagles versus the Steelers. I think this one's a pretty obvious Eagles victory. Eagles victory, best team in the NFL, um, record-wise. Um, I think they take away this game with ease. They just keep rolling them in. They just look solid. Yep, fly, Eagles fly, baby. Then we got the Titans versus the Texans. Titans and Texans. Texans not looking great this year. One four and one. Tennessee four game winning streak. I think they keep it going. You know, starting yeah. to figure out their offense a little bit better than they have in the past with all the new pieces that they got in. I think Robert Titans Woods has continued or not continued. Sorry, has kind of picked up the pace a little bit recently. In these last couple games, um, I think that continues. I think Ryan Tannehill continues to, you know, play solid as well as Derrick Henry. You know, it's kind of worked out for the Titans. Everyone kind of on the offense is starting to kind of click a little bit better. Um, I think Titans take this one. Next, we got the Commanders versus the Colts. I feel like you have to go with the Commanders in this one. I mean, Sam Ellinger. First career start, don't really know what to expect for the Colts. It's going to be difficult. Their offensive line's very tough, so he's not going to have a lot of time to think. I mean, Tyler Heineke, or Taylor Heineke, you know, uh, been through it a little bit, played last year. I think he leads a team to the victory. I think the Commanders win uh, convincingly here. Taylor Heineke played, you know, most last year with the team, like you said. He has the offense, you know. I think he just needed a game under his belt, uh, under his belt, to kind of get that offensive flow back, you know, in his system. And I think he has that now. With that, he he had that uh, very, very good connection last year with Terry McLaurin. I think that picks up again this week, and I think they take the win. 49ers and Rams is up next. This one, this one should be a pretty close game. I. I don't know. I think the 49ers win. Matt Stafford not having a great season, not looking great. Both teams have pretty solid defenses. Ultimately, I think the run game for the 49ers with McCaffrey and having Debo able to run a little bit just ultimately gives the 49ers the edge in this one. I agree with everything you just said. I think the 49ers um, take this game. Uh, Christian McCaffrey's probably full game. Our first full game, you know, knowing the offense as a 49er, I think they kind of show their full potential this game and kind of, you know, show what they're all about. And I think they take this game over the Rams. Giants versus the Seahawks. Mm. I have the Seahawks in this game. I don't think the Giants get it done. I Seahawks are a three-point favorite. Um, Seahawks defense has also been very, very well, or has been very, very good, sorry, uh, these last couple of weeks. And Geno Smith, you know, I think continues to be solid this week, and I think they take home a W. Daniel Jones, been consistent all year. Saquon Barkley having a great season. Giants all the way. Might have just traded away Kadarius Toney. But he's been hurt, yeah. hadn't really played yeah. a lot. Hadn't been they don't need so. him. I think the Giants continue their 6-1 and one record and move up 7-1. That Sunday night S- game. Sunday night. The Packers versus the Bills. Bills blow them out. It's not going to be close. That's not. The Packers look horrible this year. Aaron Rodgers, terrible season. Um 
as we touched on earlier in the podcast, I mean, zero 300-yard games in those last 14. I mean, yeah, that's crazy. Josh Allen, Bills, just handle business. They do, they do. Monday night game, the Bengals versus the Browns. I think this is going to be a good game, honestly. I think it will be close. Jacoby Brissett's been pretty solid for the most part. I think the key is Nick Chubb in this one. I agree. Uh, if Nick Chubb has a big game, I think the Browns might be able to pull this one out. Um, they have a solid defense, you know. They cause turnovers. Uh, Joe Burrow, although started the season off, you know, throwing a lot of picks and turning the ball over a lot. He's kind of cleaned up his game a little bit. So I'm going to go with the Bengals here. Um, it's going to be a close one, though, but I got the Bengals. I agree with I that. I was three. I got, I got the Bengals by three. I also have the Bengals in a tight one here. Currently, at the time of this recording, the Ravens have beat the Buccaneers in a 27 to two game. This is the first time in Tom Brady's career that he has spent multiple weeks under 500. I saw that. And to criticize Jackson's theory of Lamar Jackson playing terrible. He had 270 yards of total offense for two touchdowns. Stepped it back up this week, you know, after two weeks of being terrible, as we saw. I wouldn't say it was terrible. but He wasn't terrible, but he was not good at all. Um, I mean, he just wasn't. He had Last week was 9 for 16, 160 yards. This week, you know, was able, was able to pick it up. Um, Mark Got Mark Andrews involved. Um, you know, kind of spread the ball around. But... Good game from the Ravens right there against a struggling Tampa Bay team. They just can't figure out, you know, what's going on, I guess, over there. So, interesting to see what happens there. Interesting to see what happens for sure. But only time will tell. Well, now we're moving on to the last segment, which is baseball. We have the Phillies, who... We're able to sweep up the Padres. Not not a sweep, but look pretty convincing, pretty dominant. Bryce Harper saves the day for Philly. 419, six doubles, five homers, and 11 RBIs with a 135 OPS. Very solid. Bryce Harper, you know, showing why he's getting paid so much money. I mean, a lot of people thought he was overrated, and... I really disagree with that. He's probably, I mean, not probably, he's a top three outfielder in the league right now. Aaron Judge, Bryce Harper, Mookie Betts. I mean, that's just the list. Um, But Phillies looked very dominant in their win. But who was more dominant? The Astros over the Yankees. The, The sweep. Dominated the Yankees two for nineteen in Game One with seventeen yeah. strikeouts. That is terrible. I mean, Yankees uh, going back to the regular season just were not good against the Astros. I believe they were four and seventeen in the series against the Astros. Um, could not buy a win to save their life, and I think everyone kind of. Saw that trend gonna, or saw saw that trend, looking like it's gonna continue after that first game. Um, you know, it just was not close, really. Astros kind of pulled away with that one pretty early in the series, but Astros postseason for the bullpen has been crazy. Thirty-three innings pitched with a zero point eight two ERA, forty-two strikeouts, and a one twenty-seven opponent batting average. Some video game numbers right there. Looking very solid. See if they can keep it up. Should be a pretty close World Series matchup. I'm thinking the Phillies win in six. It's my prediction. Um, no. Got Phillies in six. Phillies in six. Phillies in six. I'm going to have to go. I'm going to have to go Astros in six. 
They've looked very solid this postseason, as well as the Phillies, you know. They've been on a hot streak. Astros have a better bullpen, but the Phillies have better starting pitching. Offenses for both teams are both very electric, though, so they are. should be some pretty good scores. Pretty good games. I agree. First game's tomorrow night. Uh, at time of recording, it's going to be Friday, 7 o'clock, you know. It's going to be a big one there. Kind of tone setter, in my opinion, how this series is going to go. Um, I think for game one, though, at home, the Astros take this one. You know. Zach Wheeler versus Justin Verlander. Justin Verlander a little shaky in his last start. Did get the job done. I think Zach Wheeler has been pretty consistent for most of the postseason. I think he gets his job done, keeps it going. You know, I'm going to call this one. I'm feeling a Bryce blast. Bryce Harper setting a bomb blast. in game one. Pause. <laughs> it's happening. A, bra- a Bryce blast. Bro, it's it's a bomb. It's happening. think so? You think Bryce Harper is going to send him home? We're not sending him home, but. He's hitting a bomb. Game one. He's going yard. I can see it happening. You know, I think the momentum can continue. And if that happens, if the Phillies. Take game one. I think Phillies won the series. But Phillies already won the series. One. Just letting you know. It's happening. I got Astros in six. The team is net first off. Let's talk about the fact that the Astros haven't lost a game this postseason. They're a little cocky. They're arrogant. They think they got it won. The team's never gone undefeated in the postseason, and it's not going to happen. I did see that. The Astros are going to let this success go to their head. They're, gonna, they're just going to lose. Phillies. All day. All right. Well, that's going to round out episode number two of the Pass and Catch podcast. Thank you all for tuning in. Please share with anybody else. And we'll see you guys next week. See you all next week.